Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodie fans, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de cinema cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's happening? How are ya? Ooh! Just like I told you in the opening for Big Sam's episode, I went back to New Orleans, and I had a hell of a time. Went with a group of friends who I'd never been with before. I think only, like, one or two of them had been once before, and that was a while ago. So I was their food Sherpa. Yes, I take on that mantle proudly, and I showed them around. And, yeah, we did we did some other things. We weren't in the city the whole time. We did a swamp tour. We did a plantation tour, which was really you know really cool educational and i'm all about that kind of stuff but at the same time i go to new orleans to eat drink and listen to music which i definitely did successfully on this trip tried a few new spots uh tried verdi mart that was something that a uh an uber driver recommended to one of my friends when they were because we all got there different times and that it's like just a, a bodega 24-hour convenience store but they make a hell of a po'boy. Yes, yes, yes. I did a whole episode on Parkway Bakery Tavern, and I went back there this trip, and I had the James Brown, which is the roast beef fried shrimp po'boy. But Verdi Mart, it's open 24 hours. It's on Royal, which is a block away from Bourbon. So when you're feeling good, you need something in your stomach, you go to this place at like you know midnight, and you get a po'boy. And the po'boy I got was called uh, All That Jazz, which was fried shrimp and like ham and cheese and you know it didn't in in jersey we've got these this thing called grease trucks it's it's by uh, Rutgers university and it's like these sloppy cheesesteak sandwiches you know a lot of like, some mozzarella sticks on it and fries and that's what when my friends were like oh is this a good is this a good po' boy i'm like yeah and and that it is and that's what i equated it to it's like you know just like you want that sloppy greasy late night food that's absolutely delicious get a po' boy at verdi mart i you know i didn't have every which one i'm just saying that all all that jazz one was in that in that realm of sandwich but a hell of a sandwich i also went to raisin king's big sam's favorite fast food spot you know known for down there i want a raisin king's up here because those chicken fingers were crispy but juicy just Awesome, awesome chicken fingers. Really good dipping sauce for them. I went to Slim Goody's Diner. 
that's a diner on Magazine Street, and which is a really cool part of New Orleans. A lot of great shops around there. I had passed by before, but I, I think I just came from like Turkey and the Wolf, a uh, a great sandwich spot. But I finally went to Slim Goodies, had a really good breakfast there, and then. If I'm saying finally, you know, finally, 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 went to Willie Mays Scotch House, the James Beard Awarding, Awarding? Award-winning restaurant, known for their fried chicken. So, of course, I had three-piece fried chicken, red beans, and fried okra. Everything was delicious. I mean, of course, the fried chicken, but that fried okra, I could just be, like, sitting. I wish that was... I asked the question, you know, movie theater snack. I wish that was movie theater snack. You know, it was just these little chopped up pieces of fried okra. Absolutely delicious. And, hey, I'm talking all this food. I need a drink to go along with it. And what a perfect episode. I spoke with Shelly Oshner Wagesbeck. Madam President, I hope I got your name correctly. She is the president of Pat O'Brien's. Pat O'Brien's. New Orleans staple. You go there, you get a hurricane. Of course, I went this time, you know, this past trip, and I got a hurricane there. You get one hurricane, maybe, you know, there, maybe get one to go. They're sugary, they're strong, got four shots of rum in them, they're delicious. You're going to hear all about them on this episode. So here we go, me talking with Shelly. I mean, let's just jump right in and what was I mean you just you guys just had the national championship in New Orleans what was I mean you guys are it's a party town it's you got uh, I was just talking with uh, Christian VP of like communications for the city and you know he said over I forget how many people he said you know visit this city annually but like oh annually I think it's about 10 million 10 to 12 million I think he even even said something crazy in that like something like 18 million or I don't know something you know I don't know but nonetheless Millions. Millions. And we're at Pat O'Brien's. Uh, for anyone that uh, doesn't know you, please uh, give us your name, what you do, all that good stuff. Okay. So my name is Shelly Oshner Wagespeck. Um, I'm third generation here at Pat O'Brien's. My uh, grandfather was a general manager in the 40s, and then my dad grew up in this business as well as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whole family, family story of commitment to, to the tradition of Pat O'Brien's. <laughs> As I was saying, national championship, LSU won. Yeah, how about right? that? How about that? That was, you know. Happy day. Happy day. Go Tigers, go LSU Tigers. Right. Um, <laughs> well, you have to say it like, go Tigers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so you know which Tiger you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, his, his coach's voice, <laughs> that is something else. It's almost like on the verge of like a cliche, you know. By you, Cajun, like you know, he's just it sounds like he smokes a pack of backwoods a day. He does. I mean, he, I mean, he doesn't. But yeah, but yeah. People that have grown up with him have. That's how he just kind of came out the womb. That's how he sound has sounded forever. <laughs> that's just his. Now voice. I'm just imagining a little baby. Like, I know, oh, right? Mama, how about a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> but so, Party City, you know, like, you know, just constant tourists. But what was this? What was this uh, with the national championship? What was that like for you guys here at Pat O'Brien's? I mean, this is a this is a New Orleans staple. It was it was incredible. Sunday once LSU came in town because mm-hmm. it okay. was really just a sea of orange up until yeah late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Um, so once LSU came in town, it was it was nonstop. It was rocking. Yeah. Um, the bartenders are exhausted, but they loved it. This was <laughs> this. This, the past three days with LSU and Clemson being in town were beyond what Endymion Saturday is here in, in 
in New Orleans, mm-hmm. which is huge because that's uh, typically our biggest day. Yeah. And Demi and Saturday. So they're so they're thrilled. They're exhausted, but we're looking forward to the next round of Mardi Gras. Yeah. And we are in it. We're in carnival season. We are. It started a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Right. With King Day, right? That's mm-hmm. like the that 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 starts in Nash Wednesday is like you know it's enjoying and partying, debauchery and libations galore, and then Lent. <laughs> yes, and then we have you know we have French Quarter Fest, and then we have yeah. Jazz Fest, jazz and then we fest. have. Yeah. We have we always have something going on. Is the summertime like the quiet time just because it's just I mean while well, it's humid right now in January summertime that's you feel like you weigh an extra ten pounds because of the humidity. That's it is it's warm, but yeah. it, it summertime used to be really um, really slow. But okay. there are some conventions that kind of trickle yeah. in town now, yeah. so that really helps out with everybody just to kind of keep everybody making some money, the wait staff and everything. So and everyone wants a cold drink. Yeah, you need a cold drink. <laughs> Definitely need one. So you said your third generation. Let's talk about the history of Pat O'Brien's because I mean this this place. I mean, uh, how how long has it been open now? Since like since nineteen thirty three. Nineteen thirty three. And it actually opened down the block. <clears throat> excuse me. At at a place, um, it was a little tiny place. There was an upright piano. Okay. They actually had a piano player then, so it kind of started off having entertainment. Yeah. Um, little place. That's actually a picture right there. And um, they moved here in 1941. Okay. And that's when it kind of exploded. We, they had more space. Yeah. And the, the the facility was similar to what it is now, mm-hmm. um, with the exception of the upper deck patio, which was all kind of like a grassy park area. Yeah, I read that. I think you guys, I, I, I love it. Like on the on Parkway Bakery, who I talked with uh, Justin Kennedy. There's they got great like you know history blurbs on their website. It was written on yours as well. And that's just like fun knowledge that you guys kind of have like a garden that people would, you know, like hang out at, like the grassiness, right? They just yeah. picnic out there. Yeah. They'd buy a drink, maybe, maybe not. Just yeah. a picnic. And it, 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 there's a picture of it downstairs in the main bar. But um, yeah, it was kind of a different, it's kind of similar to what we have now, just a kind of laid back kind of yeah. feeling. Not picnicky, but. But it's a beautiful courtyard. You can come yeah. and hang out and enjoy the day or enjoy the night or whatever. So it's similar kind of you know attitude yeah just the ultimate local watering hole mm-hmm. I mean so what was there uh, not to get uh, taboo but was there an iteration during prohibition of or was Pat O'Brien's you know post prohibition we officially opened the day after <laughs> prohibition right. wink wink down yeah. the street <laughs> down the down street the officially street. opened yeah yeah any any like stories that have been passed on generations to generation as far as just that whole experience here during prohibition any, any well um, of sorts? <laughs> Can, uh, Cantrell and Pat O'Brien were um, interesting characters um, bootlegged a little bit mm-hmm. did the, 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 the norm of yeah, what was going what was, on there they're providing a service they were providing a service yeah. exactly um, big-time card players and um, I've been told by one or two people that Charlie Cantrell got received his poor his stock from Pat O'Brien through a card game. Oh, uh, okay. So I don't know how much actual money was transferred through that, <laughs> but that's how they kind of became partners. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's just uh, you know, I mean, I know I know from the movie Untouchables, a, a fictional uh, movie, you know, based on real life Elliot Ness and all that during Prohibition, Al Capone. But I think it's like. Um, Oh God! Why am I blanking on his name right now? Kevin Costner. At the end, they're just like you know when Capone is uh, arrested at the end, and then Prohibition. You know, like I think even maybe in the movie Prohibition ends. They're like, "What are you gonna do now?" He's like, "I'm gonna have, go have myself a drink." 
Yeah. Just like he was Thank just you. a man doing his job <laughs> when it was as a federal, you know, agent when it was illegal. Right. But no, it's not le- illegal. It's just like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go have a drink because it's not, you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's something. It's it's hard to believe that at one point that was something that was you know cracked down that it was just like they thought that that was gonna solve problems, you know, but it just created more crime. It, it did, and I we can we can kind of we can look at the same scenario these days with other things. Sure. We look back then and, and we're thinking, oh, it's just alcohol. And we look at today's issues and it's like, oh, well, it's just this or it's just that. Yeah. But it's all, it, cha- it cha- you know, everything changes. It's all relative. Everything changes. is all uh, a slippery slope in certain, you know, cases. And, you know, you just try to solve one thing, but it creates more problems. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're third generation. So when did your family come into, into play? So my grandfather was the general manager in the 40s okay. for Pat O'Brien and Charlie Cantrell. And um, he, he ran the place. He was a very good business person, so he was able to manage the money and invest it properly and, and all that, you know, manage the inventory. And he pretty much strongly encouraged my dad to work here as well when he was a little kid. So mm-hmm. he'd sweep the floors and do all that kind of stuff, yeah. bar back and things like that. So um, so my dad and my grandfather started buying the stock for the for the bar in the 1970s. Okay. What did your grandfather, what did your father do in the, I mean, again, since, since it's such an old establishment, like what, what changes happened under their, you know, reign? Well, um, well, the hurricane, of course, was developed as a part of a, a cohesive effort to yeah. come up with some drink that would use all the rum that was getting stockpiled. Okay. Um, because it was coming up from the river from the islands. Everything yeah. else was kind of hard to get because of the war. And, you know, was, I, I, a few years ago I was talking with a reporter and he enlightened me that some of the, uh, actually a lot of the distil- distilleries in the country were turned into factories to make bullets. Wow. So that's part of why they couldn't get the get whiskey or anything like that. Okay. Um, that's interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, I know. And that, it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and so my grandfather was kind of like the, the, the keeper of the house. And when my dad came in, my dad had such an outgoing, wonderful personality. <laughs> he just, you know, he, he, he was the bar manager, but he really created the buzz of come to this place, this is a great place, this is awesome, and we're so much fun, there's so much to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't it, He didn't invent the piano concept, sure. the, the dual concept, because that actually kind of was created down the street with the ragtime kind of, um, when the ragtime players played off of each yeah. other. So that's kind of how the, the, the piano concept morphed. Now, it, now they play off of each other, they, you know, do for, they take tips and whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas before, it, it was the entertainer's call is what they wanted to play. Um, so that was that was really kind of like the takeoff, and the fact that back then there weren't hundreds of great, wonderful places to go to in the French Quarter. They were pretty limited. So word of mouth. I mean, they never advertised anything. It just was word of mouth, and it really was a locals' place. And then I would say, kind of like in the late '70s, early '80s, that's when it kind of got really, really well known. Okay. Especially with the World's Fair, we had the the drink of the oh, World's Fair. Okay. Yeah, that's, so that's, it just kind of yeah. you know, it kind of kind of snowballed, and then the business has changed model after after you know after throughout the years. Mm-hmm. We have a private party room, we have a restaurant, we have a private parties on the river, 
Um, and that the, the change has come from necessity of the New Orleans market. Like in the 80s, the 1980s, that's when the drinking age changed to uh, 21, it used mm -hmm. to be 18. Yeah. So, you know, kind of thinking ahead, we needed to kind of change the business model from strictly bar to accommodating families and accommodating younger people. So mm -hmm. that's when we opened the restaurant. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a, a staple of the city at this point. I mean, are you guys even doing like really any kind of advertising per se? Because it's just, I mean, you know, it's just like, more, I mean, it, like you said, it became word of mouth and uh, and World's Fair. And, you know, it's just now, I mean, Pat O'Brien's hurricane. That's just, it's a, you got Cafe Du Monde, you got, what, Central Grocery. Yeah. And you got here, like, you know, like you got, you got to go to these places for those specific things. Well, um, it's funny because most people think that we don't have to do anything, that we're just sustaining, we're just doing it, and mm -hmm. people are coming here because they, they think that they have to come here, they want to come here. But really, there's a lot of work that goes behind okay. making it appear effortless. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you got to keep up with social media. you got to keep up yeah. with... We used to do a lot of print and, um, and not a lot, but I did enough to kind of get us, navigate us through and kind of be represented everywhere. Um, but a lot of our, our generosity and our, our, the love that we get from the city is through... We, we, do a lot of community, um, a lot of community donations, whether it's church or this fundraiser or that fundraiser. Mm -hmm. So we stay in the public's um, mind and eyes through some of the generosity, th the, the generous things that we do throughout the year, which is so important. Yeah, to, you have to be a community partner. You, you got to do your part. Definitely down here. I mean, it, there's just so much pride and so much sense of community. I mean, I live in Jersey City, New Jersey. And I, and I like it because, I mean, I grew up in New Jersey. I am a Jersey boy. I might not have a, uh, a thick accent. I might not sound like Frankie Valley or anything like that. But it comes out every once in a while. I'd say tomato, stuff ah. like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, or maybe with a few uh, hurricanes in me, it'll come out more. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, down here, you know, there's the, lack of a better word, you know, the cliche of Southern hospitality. But it's not, I mean, it's a, you know, certain cliches are good because they're true. And, they're, you know, there just is that. But the specifically being down here and being a member of the community and giving back like that. I mean, what does that, what does it mean to you to be uh, New Orleanian? Is that what the, right? That's a, yeah, exactly. I'm like a, you know, I have, I, you know, you say, I guess, New Jersey, and I don't know what the exact, <laughs> that's why we say Jersey boy, Jersey girl. But, uh, but yeah. Ah, you say, I don't know what else to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what else okay, to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, what does that mean to, I mean, you, you grew up here, right? I mean, this is, I, this I is did. your home. What does it mean? I mean, this is a city that also a lot has happened to it, you know. Good. We've had, we've had a tremendous amount of, hap of things happen here, whether yeah. it's, whether it's related or, or whatever. And, we just kind of, kind of, kind of go along with it, mm -hmm. and we welcome everybody to come in our city. But I have to say, I'm sure I can speak for everybody else. We don't want too many changes to our city. Okay. And yeah. we welcome outsiders, and I say that kind of loosely, but you know, outsiders, you can come in, just embrace what we have here, yes. and don't change what we have here. Yeah. There, I mean, there's some things. Be respectful of the our our weird culture. <laughs> Which I mean, you know, with people and just uh, you have to have a lot of self, uh, what's the word, you know, you know, responsibility in the sense of people aren't used to, let's say, an open container city. Oh, yeah. The fact that you can get, I mean, to go cup. 
that's you know, I bring friends down here for the first time. Like, okay, guys, let's go to the next place. And they start, you know, chugging their beer. I'm like, no, 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 you can bring it with us. You just can't bring it into the next place. You got to be, again, respectful. You got to appreciate, you know. We let people bring in their drinks from okay. other places. It, it depends. If it's super crowded, we'll say, no, put that yeah. that cup in the garbage or you can't yeah. come in with that. I mean, showing good faith that they're going to yeah. come in and purchase something here. As well. Or just not advertise somebody else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But so yeah, times. but that's just something you know people have to I feel like you know get used to. But uh, you know, it's a uh, I, I think people can be humbled pretty fast down here because again, people locals will tell you like no 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 like not you know like you're you're stepping you know out of bounds in some ways you know like when it comes to just drinking enjoying themselves a little too much. I see what you mean. Yeah, it, it's kind of it, it's it's. I don't know. It's kind of like you can you can you can say something about your family member, but yes. you but you but someone that's not in the family can't say anything about your family member. Exactly. We yeah. can say we can say bad things about that person, but you can't <laughs> just yeah. take all the good stuff. I mean, God knows. There's. I mean, being from New Jersey, I mean, it is a punchline of a state. Like when it comes to just so much uh you know tv shows and movies and like everything like that i mean anything new york i mean new jersey is like the redheaded stepchild of like being right across the river it's just mm-hmm. like you watch so many shows that like whether it was you know big new york shows like uh friends or uh how i met your mother and just like going to new jersey is such a you know like why would i want to go i don't want to move to new jersey and it's just like especially jersey city it's an extension of new york city it's like Brooklyn or Queens or Staten Island or the Bronx, it's like, you know, right across the river, quicker to get there than some certain places, but there's a certain stigmata to it. That's the media. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, that's the, yeah, and media and cheap laughs and just like, you know, the uh, yeah, cliches that come along, stereotypes. Stereotypes, yes. We have that same problem with, with weather and flooding here. Mm-hmm. I, was even, I was in Baton Rouge in the summer. Um, and Baton Rouge is only like an hour, hour and 20 minutes from here. Yeah. Doing something at LSU, whatever. And it was raining hard here. Listening to everybody, even in Baton Rouge, they're saying, oh, New Orleans is underwater. New Orleans is flooding. National media is saying New Orleans is underwater. Mm-hmm. I called my manager here. I'm like, is anything going on? He goes, no, the sun's out. <laughs> I'm like, this is, yeah. it's, it, it, it's really, it's bad. The way that they're, they push the envelope with the truth with, really what's going on here because mm-hmm. it I mean yeah we flood but it's sporadic so, I mean yeah stuff snowballs fast and then also when it comes to unfortunately the media it's just like as a business they're like what sells and it's you know devastation back in right. you know I mean but again a lot of stuff has happened here just even when I was uh, right I was down here in October right before that there was the collapse of the hard rock oh yeah that was just I mean it's, you know what 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 is it to you to be in a city that I mean you guys are tough because a lot of th- I mean Katrina BP plenty of other hurricanes as well I mean what's going on here in the sense of community and just like sticking through it like what what does it mean to you and what what have your experiences been with that Well, I just think that I I I mean I guess we're resilient either that or thick in the head I don't know I don't know but things do happen and we just kind of you get frustrated with like with the hard rock frustrated and it's devastating and it's awful and it really has debilitated the the city in that area it's still blocked off and um, I don't know I mean we're we're, I I, I scratch my head all the time going you mean all the people in the world nobody can come up with a, a, a good way to kind of 
demolish this one layer at a time or whatever. There's so yeah. many engineers, so I, I don't know why it's taking so long. But that's the kind of stuff that we just kind of have to go, okay, well, let's, let's hope it happens soon. Let's hope they can figure it out. So as far as being third generation, like what did that, did you feel like growing up and just being around it, did you feel any kind of pressure? Like, like this is what you gotta do. Did you wanna do something else? Like what was, what was just that experience like and just, you know, carrying on that legacy? Um, you know, it didn't dawn on me really till later in, in, in life, like mm -hmm. in my late twenties, early thirties, because I just, um, I, my dad would call me and he'd need a bartender or he'd need okay. somebody to fill in. I need you to go to the warehouse and pull t-shirts or, yeah. or whatever. And then he had a little hotel. So I would just go wherever he needed help. Mm -hmm. And he was thrilled because when I was behind the bar, people tend to behave themselves a little bit more. Not that I'm such a, you know, a iron fist, but I'm the owner's daughter. The so The cloud of the ownership looms. Yeah, so, so he's like, this is awesome. Yeah, just keep on yeah. just keep on working, and um, when we'll just kind of figure it out. So I graduated from Tulane. I worked in the bar throughout summers and everything, whether it was wait uh, not, not waitressing, bartending, or whatever, whatever needed to be downstairs. Mm -hmm. So I graduated from Tulane, and literally the next day, my dad said, okay, I need somebody in the office ASAP because somebody was retiring. Yeah, what were you studying at Tulane? I, fine arts. Fine, okay, fine, yeah, right. General studies, yeah. fine arts. Um, so I really had no aspiration to, to run this place, yeah. for one. Um, just my grandfather was very old school, so he was, he was very anxious to get me from downstairs in the bar to upstairs in the accounting mm -hmm. uh, department to learn that aspect of the business, or just to fill in. So, so I, I did that, went to the office and then kind of, you know, moved in different, different job duties and whatever. Yeah. Um, my dad got, I, I, it just kind of morphed. Yeah. I would, I, I do kind of the gift shop and that one year I came up with this <laughs> really cute, um, gift shop design, gift shop t-shirt design for the Crescent City Classic. It was like this little hurricane running oh, awesome. and my dad's like, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Okay, you're in charge of the gift shop now. <laughs> That's how, how yeah, it kind of yeah, worked. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Jumping around from like department to department. Department to department. Yeah. 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 So now what is your, what's your day to day like for you? Well, now I feel like I am always um, checking up on everybody else to make sure that they do their job. Yeah, so still department to department, but like the... I still micromanage, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, especially hey. during the day because it's slow and I and I talk with the managers and mm -hmm. it, we we talk about everything from business to food to yeah. to everything and you know not everybody can be even though we have we have lots of managers not it, it just happens that way we all micromanage at some point yeah. if there's a problem we're going to deal with it right now did your father or grandfather ever give you like a, a key piece of advice that you really still hold on to or anything like that or was no I think my dad gave everybody else advice okay but not me he, gave, he gave me the some. best advice of, of itself of just <laughs> he, like you he, know. Let, he let me learn on my own and okay. when I made mistakes and he he would yeah. correct me mm -hmm. whereas other people I come across people that bartend when my dad was in the bar and everything and they're like oh my gosh your dad taught me more about life and everything else than anybody I've ever known wow I'm like okay well Good. <laughs> yeah, what, what's that like? I mean, it's, again, just because it's a, is a staple, and there's obviously so many people have worked here. 
like almost sharing your dad in a way and totally. having like extended siblings. What's that? What's that feeling like? That it's that's totally it. Sharing my dad with everybody. Yeah. And um, it's it's great, especially when he passed away. It, it was it was nice to hear how how much of an impact he mm-hmm. made on everybody's life. Um, on the other hand, it was, you know, it's it, you're sharing your dad with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I just kind of take to go with it, just like because I'm a New Orleanian, you just kind of go yeah. with it and say, okay, well, somebody let me know when I'm doing something wrong or, or not doing a good job, and, and we all let each other know. Again, I mean, there is that level of candidness here, yes. right? You Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we've all known each other for a very long time. Yeah. Well, especially here, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have employees that have been here yeah. over forty years. We have wow. managers that they have longevity. Yeah. We have a lot of new managers. So it's a good mix of older, experienced people with new people that are coming in, and, and they need to be taught. Yeah, the old guard that just yeah brings it you know, right brings them on in and teaches teaches them. Yeah. Absolutely. My my son graduated from LSU two years ago, so he's working now. Uh-huh. Um, he's bartending now too, so, with uh, yeah. hopefully a, 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 a some longevity in this business. Being fourth generation. Fourth generation. Keep the pa- pass the torch. Yeah, but I try to teach him things. He just doesn't listen to me. <laughs> well, that's uh, as as a, as a son, I can attest that that yeah, that's kind of our mo that we're a little thick-headed, you know, just in the general sense of being a son and not being like mom, you know. Like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have a, like a really early memory of you know since you grew up around it of just the, of just this place? Well, it's funny because everybody's early men- memory is pretty much the same. Okay. For as, at least the, the, the kids that used to come here. So my dad had um, this beautiful apartment across the street. Across the street. So when anybody brought their children here, the, the, the deal is you get a big hurricane cup full of cherries mm-hmm. and you send them across the street. It's like the daycare center. <laughs> it's like the daycare center. So if you ask any any of any any of the you know we're all old now, but um, it was like okay here's your here's your 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 thing of cherries yeah. and knock yourself out. Yeah. And then and then running around. <laughs> a bunch of maraschino cherries. Yeah, a bunch of maraschino cherries. <laughs> yeah. And then just being general in, in the environment. Like yeah. the patio fountain was just, okay, that's a pretty patio fountain. Didn't really think anything of it mm-hmm. until I was at Tulane and my sorority sisters found out that my dad owned Pato's. Oh, yeah. And they was, were like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. And I said, okay, well. I, I guess I guess it is. So yeah. let's have a party. <laughs> what sorority were you in? Pi Phi. I was in uh, ZBT. Zeta Beta Tau. Yep. Uh, that's that's fun. What, yeah. Any like what what happened like when they found out was just like oh like were they was there a certain level of like expectation of like drinks yeah you know drinks on Shelly. <laughs> no not, not no not at all. In fact, my dad when I when I joined the sorority, I was telling my dad this, this story or whatever, and he's like, well. Let's have a pie fi party here. So Absolutely. he closed off the main bar, and we just had an open bar. It was eighteen for to drink mm-hmm. back then. Um, so yeah, my dad. That was the kind of guy that he was. He just kind of embraced it. He like, just sounds like the personification of a good time in a way. Yeah, like, almost yeah. like the embodiment of New Orleans. Yeah, yeah he really was he, yeah. an outdoorsman. He, you know, he 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 was a very, I guess, very much New Orleanian between the hunting, the fishing, and the, yeah. you know, going out and partying and food and everything. Yeah. So what are you guys doing? You, you, you said you expanded into food. What are you guys doing here? Did you, you try to make, were you just going with classics? Were you trying to do, do your own, you know, thing, thing with, with food here? Or? Well, when we first opened the restaurant, 
we, we bought Bourbon Street, six, uh, 64 Bourbon Street in 1989, and then as, a, as just a private party venue. Okay. Um, and it also worked out as an egress and everything, so it, it worked out great. Um, but we were, we were dark a lot of times on Bourbon Street, like during the week and mm-hmm. whatever. So we said, okay, well, the, the market's changing. We really need to kind of accommodate families and, and people of you know, under 21. So we kind of tweaked the menu. Yeah, and at first it was well. We did different kinds of food. We had a big, huge pizza oven over there at one point, oh, so right. we serviced the whole place with pizza. Yeah, we've done hot dogs just as something to eat while you're drinking. Yeah, because um, you need that. You want to keep drinking. You gotta you need, have that. Yeah, you need that it. Basin, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so we've tried a bunch of different things. Sure. And the pizza oven was about the size of this room. Okay. Back wow. then, it was huge. Yeah. Um. So then we kind of went into a menu focused on fillets and steaks okay. as kind of our lost leader. So the, the fillets were like a good fillet, but charged 15 bucks for it. Mm-hmm. So it was really just kind of a, a lost leader to come in, have a hurricane, have some other kind of appetizer or whatever, yeah. just to kind of keep people happy. And um, that, that turned into more of staples of what people are asking for here. Mm-hmm. We'll do some drinks. We'll do some some food specials, like on Friday. We'll do a, a shrimp po' boy or something like oh, that. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, but get these the days, in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these days is a, a Cajun food, etouffee, gumbo, um, things like that. Burgers yeah. are huge. The focaccia muffalata is great. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, exactly. There's just such the cuisine of New Orleans is just. I mean, it's world known. I mean, it is it's the the food. I mean, such identity of the city for so many things, but the food alone is just. I mean, it might be my favorite cuisine. It's just, and that's the whole thing. It's not even just one thing. It's just so many different. It's a melting pot here. Yes. You know, just the rich history from French, Spanish, uh, Afro Caribbean, Na- you know, Native Americans, and then just mm-hmm. obviously from there, just becoming America itself, becoming a state, and just obviously other influences. I'm sure, and then you just even have like Vietnamese population now here and just the food changing. What, what were you eating when you were growing up? Were you, you know, were you, were you eating like this cuisine or were you just kind of... Oh, yeah. yeah. Grandmother would make etouffee. Yeah. My mom did a lot of fried shrimp and fried fish. Um, did red beans and rice every Monday. Yeah, that's a tradition. Yeah, that's right. Cause it that is. Was, I think I read like, what, because back in the day that was like laundry day, right? And you could like kind of like right. let that simmer on the stove, right? <laughs> right. I think that's kind of where... Well, that that was that was like a few generations yeah, ago. But yeah, we still yeah. carry on that that tradition. That's the beauty that, and that's what I love, and that's what like I mean, as someone you know that just visits here, an outsider, I you know like I mean, but I love learning those things because there's just so many traditions, and then sometimes even when I'm bring someone new here, they'll ask me something, and be like, oh, I don't know, and then I look it up and I learn something new. I mean, just there's all those like it's like a city of like Snapple cat facts, <laughs> you know. That's funny. Very true. I was talking to my kids the other day about about food, New Orleans food, and and whatnot. And when I was growing up, I used to put ketchup on my red beans and rice because that's how my dad ate it. Oh wow! Okay. So yeah. you know that we all have kind of like our yeah, little, little weird thing. Little that twist. Yeah. I don't put ketchup on it now, but back then it was like, okay, well that's how that's how we're supposed to eat it. All right. Yeah. It's all good. Ketchup. And as far as the food scene in the city now, do you have any favorite spots or like where are we? You know, going out to eat a lot or are we cooking at home? Oh, uh, both. Both. Um, the city has exploded with restaurants. Yeah. I, I think we're up to over 1,700 restaurants now. Wow. Which yeah. makes it really difficult 
to hold really good staff because there's so many restaurants that so just pop from one restaurant to the other. Mm -hmm. Something that we're, we're not really used to. We're used to our staff staying and staying for a really long time. Mm -hmm. But you have that, that group that just wants to travel from restaurant to restaurant. There are there's so many restaurants, and yes, there are some new ones on the horizon that that I've been to recently, and um, and just and and they're and they're all good. I haven't come across one. It's hard to find a bad meal in this city. It really know? is. It really is. And we usually, like, you know, there's a there's a great Chinese restaurant on Decatur Street now mm -hmm. that you got to try. It's so good. <laughs> and and just in the warehouse district, the whole area is exploding with restaurants. Mid City has just they're just loaded with restaurants yeah so I mean obviously expanding food scene what yeah. changes have you seen G good and, and and bad possibly again you just I mean there's been a lot of hard times for the city as far as again Katrina and BP and just you know like stuff like that but what yeah what what, cha what changes have, have you seen regarding food regarding food and, and in the city itself yeah uh, the influx of people that have moved here okay has yeah it has made a, a big difference um, and the, of course, the housing situation, just mm -hmm. like any other city, um, people move in and in, a, in the city, out of the city, and they're trying to find their place again. Where generations used to be in one section, yeah. And now they're kind of getting a little dispersed. Gotcha. Um, but the food scene has definitely exploded in the past ten years. We used to be very um, uh, cited in what what we what we like, what yeah. our food that we like we like. Um, except, well, for the exception of the, those foodies that have always exper you know, experimented on everything. Mm -hmm. But now the general Joe is experimenting with fusion Cajun yeah. and you know Vietnamese Cajun and different things. So it's 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 I don't know. It's great because we have a, a huge variety now. Mm -hmm. But I kind of feel like we're just kind of like melted into what the rest of the country's doing. Yeah. I mean, well, no, there is a. <laughs> A food renaissance kind of going on right now it even happened I don't know what happened first but definitely even just in the beer scene beer used to be just I mean you had your staples you had your bud yeah I mean you had your Miller you had your Coors yeah. your fancy beers were what Stella Heineken right Guinness that was exotic the past two times I've been here I started actually going to breweries around here because they're really just you know not even just popping up but things that you know, I mean, first, I mean, as as a testament to your establishment, like, I think cocktails down here, you know, like, I think Hurricane. I don't think beer right away, but there are just so many breweries down here, and that's what's happening. I mean, the brewery that I did open in Vermont, it's sour beer only. Like, that's just how specific mm -hmm. people, like, there's that many people that enjoy sour beers that you have a brewery that just does, you know, does just sours. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And every every part of the city has its beer gardens, that, and they're, yeah. they're multiple. You drive down Chapatulis, and there are beer gardens all over the place, which is really fun. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a nice change, but eventually, like anything else, I think it's going it, to, it's, it's cyclical. It's going to go, you know. Sure. It's popular now, and then that beer garden might become some other kind of garden down the line, whatever the new trend is. Mm -hmm. Like, remember when tequila was really popular years yeah. ago? Yeah, exactly. They have tequila bars. <laughs> now, tequila's not so much. Yeah. Bourbon's yeah. the big thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I love my bourbon. I do, too. <laughs> yeah, what's your go-to bourbon? A Maker's Mark Old Fashioned. Nice. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, I love an Old Fashioned. Me, I, too. I usually, I drink Bullet Bourbon on the rocks. That's my... That's, I have a bottle of bourbon, a bullet at home too. Yeah. It depends what kind of mood I'm in. That's true, yeah. I mean, so what do you think 
it is about the hurricane. I mean, do you even, like, what's, as far as even the, the history of the hurricane and that becoming the drink here and just, I mean, a drink, it's pretty much like hurricanes and I feel like Sazeracs are like the, you know, drink of this town, you know? The hurricane is just everlasting. It, it is over, everlasting, isn't it? Right. It's, it's, it, it has, it has to do with the presentation, the taste, mm -hmm. and the fun that you have while you're drinking a hurricane. Because it's yeah. a social drink. It's big and it'll you know last a long time. Yeah, people you come can share here. it with somebody. Yeah, they, exactly. You can share. You get a big old. I mean, well, you guys got that big glass here, right? Like, we have the big magnum the, glass. Yeah. and then the hurricane sold in a 26 ounce glass. <laughs> yeah, and people get to take home the glasses with them if they want. You know, they did. You know, we changed that about two months ago. Oh, so wow, okay. Now. It, now you can buy the glass. Yeah. It's just in the gift shop now, oh, okay. so you don't prepay for the glass. Gotcha. The reason that the we, the prepaid thing happened decades and decades ago is because people were stealing the glasses. Yeah. So it's so, good to take that like insurance, like you know, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're gonna pay for it ahead of not, time, yeah. and if you don't want it, we'll give you your money back. That's smart. Yeah. But so, yeah, just I don't know. I just decided to change it. Well, not decided, just irrationally. But we've been thinking about this for a really long time. Mm -hmm. People, I, I'm on the patio and I'm listening to people and they're going, they want us to bus our own tables. We have to bring our glasses back up to the bartender because they had yeah. to bring it to the bartender to get their money back. The waiter can't do it. Gotcha. So it's just. Yeah, it's accommodating to your clientele. Like, yeah. As you saw, there's more pros than cons to it. Yes. That's, I mean, that's. You're the boss. We'll you're the see. boss. You're the boss lady. Maybe, maybe we'll change it again. I don't know. With, yeah. You know, but hopefully, there's more honest people uh, these days. And you know, <laughs> I mean, so yeah, when it comes to a hurricane, you know, obviously every every place serves their own iteration. What is it about yours specifically that you think is just like, you know, what's great about it? Because it's consistent for one. Okay. It's very consistent, and um, what do you do to make sure that that is consistent? It's all made in, in batches. Gotcha. So, uh, it's because we have such high volume, we can make it in big batches. Mm -hmm. Where some of the other places, they just they they'll mix it as a as a cocktail. Yeah. Um, and use whatever whatever they have on hand or whatever they want to put in it. Some people put lemon juice. Some people put you know whatever. Anything's a hurricane now. You can you it could be pineapple juice and. Sure water and they would put rum and they'll call it a hurricane so it's all kind of relative we're very consistent okay and what are the is it a secret recipe or are we well it is but okay. it's, it's passion fruit mix okay our hurricane passion fruit mix and rum okay yeah that's it it's simple it's simple it's delicious it's simple and delicious let me tell you that's well good amazing. i'm glad you like it yeah for me again being a a visitor uh it's always the torment of where do I go this time? Do I go back to the place that I love or do I try something new? And I feel obviously that's harder for food than drink per se, because especially in New Orleans, because then you get to go. You can, you, I can come in here, get a hurricane here and keep on keeping on down Bourbon Street. Right. And then maybe get a drink that I love from someplace else. But it's just, you know, something that when you're visiting a city any, anywhere, and, you know, in general, that you visit and you're like, do I stick? I know I had a good meal there. I know I had a good drink there. Well, that's the problem. See, the food is, you're, you're committed. Yeah. You're committed to the food. If, if you don't really care for your drink, you can just get another drink easily somewhere else mm -hmm. or at the same place or whatever. Food, you're sitting down, you're, you're committed to that meal, so you really got to think about it a lot. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you want to yeah. go someplace where you like. Yeah, and it's not a city of, uh, like, when it comes to cuisines that I love, I love Spanish food and I love, in Spain, like, they're the, you know, tapas. 
mm-hmm. and just like small bites. And that's not portions down here. They are big portions, you know, of food. You know, we're getting we're getting some small plates place, yeah? places. Okay, yes. that's we have the, a Spanish place on Esplanade actually. Oh, awesome! That's really good. That's a perfect street for it, Esplanade. <laughs> yep, it's on, it's on the museum side, but um, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, that would be that would be like I feel like the next venture. I mean, obviously, but places do want people to come and sit down and stay there. But like that would be like a cool like experience, almost like a you know New Orleans tapas tour or something like that. Because that's I mean I loved th- this this trip was different. This is the first time I've been down here by myself. I came down here to record these episodes. You know I've been down here with my girlfriend three times, uh, but we came second time. We brought a, cu- a couple like fr- fr- friends of hers, and it was their first time. And I just Nothing gives me more pride than like being, I call myself a food Sherpa, <laughs> and you know, bringing people around and showing them where to eat and everything like yeah, that. But you have to have eaten at that place first yes. before you bring somebody new, yeah. just so you know that it's good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I have excellent taste, so I know they're going to love of it. Of course. But, <laughs> but it was great. It was like eating with another couple, like I don't know like what would be, you know, number one, you know, sometimes traveling with another couple, it's like, we've got our own pace, we got to, you know, we want, uh-huh. I, I, I like jumping from place to place. But it was good as far as then sitting down eating at somewhere because then we would order like the quantity of food for two people and just each take a little bit so then we could move to the next That's place. how I love to eat. Yeah, right? That's how I like to eat around here. Yeah. I'll go sit at the bar somewhere, have a cup of turtle soup. Mm-hmm. Next day go have some grilled shrimp at this place over here Yeah, and just kind of like, you know, simple small plates and then you get then you can tell people okay well I like this over at this place and I like that over there they specialize this yeah yeah. that's the best Mm -hmm. right I mean it's and that's what it's all about I mean life is just unfortunately too short and there's just too many I mean alone in the city you said I mean however many restaurants you know there are now and obviously bars too and and musicians to see you know like I've got conflicting it's like I don't get to see every musician I want to see every time because they might be playing at the same time at places across you know Tipitina's to Blue Nile or something like that across town but that's just you gotta gotta, I guess pick your you know pick your own (laughs) gotta come down more often (laughs) exactly That is that is true. I mean, it, it feels. Uh, I, I recognize myself as 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 a visitor, as an outsider still. But it's it feels more and more. Every visit feels like a home, you know home away from home. Well, that's it's, good. Yeah, that means that you just kind of melt into the into the into the culture. Yeah, and I lo- and I love this. And this trip was special because since I was by myself, I mean, I'm a I'm a chatty Kathy anyway. That's why I have a podcast. But <laughs> but uh, but just being by myself, just even. More so, obviously, when you're traveling with people, you're conversing with them, and you'll meet new people, whatever. But this, since I was by myself, really talking with locals, going to Kermit's mother-in-law lounge, and you know, just the as I was talking with uh, Big Sam of the Big Sam and Funky Nation, like I said, the approachability of everyone here, but especially musicians. Like you know, it's special to the city because you just really get to you know you get to watch these amazing, these world-class musicians. Mm-hmm. New Orleans jazz. I mean, it is just, I mean, it's jazz starting here is just from there, just a ripple effect of rock and roll and just everything. You can, I mean, you can thank, you know, the city for so much. And so you get to see these world-class musicians and then they sit at the bar. I mean, it was his, his bar that he owns Kermit, but like you see him and then after they play a set, you can go up to him, you can take a picture if you want, but they'll just have a conversation with you. They're just so approachable. I mean, what it, 
what do you find as far as that in the city and just even obviously you as an owner and just talking with you know whether it's other locals or visitors like how do you do you, do you enjoy that aspect do of I it? think anything of it yeah. no I just talk to them you just talk. <laughs> yeah and then when people find out that I that I'm third generation owner of this place and they're like oh wow that's super cool yes yeah, yeah okay but yeah we just talk to them I mean that's just that's just what else how else are you going to be? Yeah, exactly. Not talk to anybody? That's well, no fun. Well, you know what? I mean, New York, again, New Yorkers, uh, sorry for the foodies out there that I, I bring up similar topics on episodes, but uh, New York, it's kind of, people are, people. there are nice people. You know, there's the hustle and bustle. So if you're on the street, like some people don't, like they just want to get to where they're going. But if you're at a bar and you're at a restaurant, like you make small talk with bartenders and that's the same. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, I've been to New York, I guess, five times, five uh-huh. or six times. Always find friendly people. Yeah. But you have to be in some place comfortable having a drink or food yes. or something. But passing them on the street, not so much. They, yeah. Like you said, they just want to get where they're going. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Your third generation owner of this place, is there anything that you're like, I want to leave like this behind like is there something that you're gonna put like maybe you have already as far as like your own staple like of the place or just you know just if you do pass a torch to your son or anything like that oh that torch won't be passed for quite a while (laughs) okay but um throughout the years well with my my dad started kind of retiring when he was around 50. Mm -hmm. so that's when i was around 25 24 ish okay and so i was here he, he started retiring slowly, so I just picked up more and more things, whether it was the marketing, whether it was doing off-sites with the catering, whether it was working in the sales office or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like start, did many different things. And as the, it, there were, we had many changes. We, we had many changes that he wasn't even aware of, um, like menu changes, price changes, um, decor changes, things like that. But he was fine with it because he knew that we were we were here, we're yeah. working for him, and we're going to do our very best for him. So um, yeah, there've been a lot of changes. I, we have a, a manager too. They're like Shelly, I, I can't believe all the changes that have happened over like the past twenty years. It's it's crazy, and, but you wouldn't know mm-hmm. because it's not drastic changes. Yeah, it's just surely, yeah. improvements yeah. to the business. Gotcha. Um, we do have a couple of franchises, so that's that's um, that was that was the one thing that my that was my dad's vision was to have a lot of franchises. Okay. And of course, he was starting to retire then, so, <laughs> so it's just like I like this. You do the work. <laughs> so I want to go here, and you guys do it. Yeah. Uh, but we have two left: one in Universal Studios and, and one in San Antonio. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So they're they're little repl- replicas. They do well. I mean, since it is Carnival, it is Mardi Gras time, do you, ha- do you have any personal traditions that come along with that? Like, uh, along even specifically on Fat Tuesday or anything that you like to do? Not really. No? It's kind of changed as the kids have gotten older. Mm-hmm. So when they were little, I'd come here to work and, um, and meet my husband uptown on St. Charles with the kids or meet up with some friends or whatever at, when they were little. And as they've gotten older, it's kind of changed. Now I, I say, I'm here. Okay. Um, Batten down the hatches. <laughs> well, because it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. If it, you know, if, even if it's raining and it's cold, it's still fun. Mm-hmm. So last year, um, I opened up the Briar Suite, our private party room, to just like some friends and a couple of family members and whatever. Oh, nice. And we hung out there and just kind of walked around. I came on the floor, talked to managers, see if everything's going. I mean, they don't, they don't need me at this point. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. But 
I like to just be here anyway. Yeah, I like that. That's 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 fun. It sounds simple and pleasant for what can be kind of a chaotic day. I get you know for some for some you know just a, a lot chaotic. a lot going on. A lot yeah. of parades. You know, all different neighborhoods. I mean, you're in you're in the heart of the quarter. You know. Well, my husband and kids. Well, one boy's riding in totes. He rides in totes. So okay. that's the Sunday before Mardi Gras. So that's really the only tradition that we have to go watch them ride in tow. Mm-hmm. And we meet up with friends uptown and come down here afterwards or whatever. But that's that's like the one thing. Okay, we got to do this. We got to go to tow. And I used to meet them for Endemian, but mm-hmm. I I'm here all day. So <laughs> after you know after I'm like I don't I don't feel like driving yeah. over there. And so it's more fun here anyway. Gotcha. Well, um, let's talk a couple of, you know, it's called Foodie Film, so let's talk a couple of food scenes. I, I brought up a couple of movies to you. You said you're not a big, well, movie buff. You said your husband's always just like. I like movies. I just never okay. remember anything okay. about movies. Gotcha. I don't remember lines or specific <laughs> scenes. Well, uh, I'll try to make this as easy for you as possible. Let's talk, uh, I love, this is a movie that, I mean, it's such a classic, Steel Magnolias. I know it's like one of my mom's favorites. It's just one ensemble, uh, Sally Field, uh, Julia Roberts, Louis Dukakis. Uh, I mean, just a tremendous, uh, Dolly Parton. Yeah, right. Tremendous movie. And uh, it's right in the beginning. It's Julia Roberts is getting married. So let's play the scene right now, then we'll talk about it. Weezer, Weezer, there's someone I'd like you to meet. That looks like an autopsy. Now this is Jackson Zand Fern Carlton from Alexandria. She made the cake. You did this. I'm guilty. <laughs> it's very simple, really. It just takes patience. You only do armadillos? No, I can do anything except snakes. I don't have counter space. <laughs> Beginning of the movie, I think, yeah, that's like one of like the opening scenes. They're getting ready for that wedding. It's Julia Roberts' wedding, and Sally Field is her uh, mom, and Tom Skerritt is her dad. And uh, I love that Shirley MacLaine's also in this movie, the great Shirley MacLaine. And I love, you know, Wheezy. <laughs> but they make that, there's the, what, aunt that makes the, there's the wedding cake, and then there's, like, the groom's cake, and the groom's cake is an aardvark cake. Oh, wait, I do remember that. Yeah, there we go. The aardvark cake. Okay, I remember <laughs> With that With, like, now. the yeah. blood red oh, yeah, yeah, cake. Yeah. And it's a gray on the outside. Yeah. And then just like that deep blood red, you know, red velvet kind of cake mm-hmm. on the inside. And that's just, I love just like the reactions that they have in that movie. That's just, do you, do you remember like, what, you know, like seeing that movie for the first time or anything like that? Or just. I remember crying. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a heart. Pull, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pulling on the strings of the heart in that movie. Yeah. But that's just, I love that. I don't know if that's like a, I've never experienced that at a wedding I've been to. Have you ever been to a wedding that they have like two different cakes? Oh yeah. Okay. Is oh that, yeah, that's definitely a, that's not is a, that a that's not a thing? thing. Is that maybe it's a southern? Must thing? be a southern thing. Oh, you have to have a a bride's cake and you have to have a groom's cake. Oh okay. Usually the groom's cake is something relative to what he likes, whether it's in sports or golf All or right. whatever. I like this. It's usually sports driven, and then the bride's cake, and it's usually chocolate. Okay. And then the bride's cake is. Pretty with flowers, yeah, or you know, the, and, yeah, yeah, just all the, the uh-huh. t- typical. Always a groom's cake, no matter oh. how small the wedding is. 
well, I like making things about me, so I'll have to adapt that tradition <laughs> and have a groom's cake at my potential wedding someday. There you go. <laughs> See, we're talking, we're, no, we're remembering things about this scene. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, no, that's just, that. it's such a classic. I, what, what, what year did that movie come out? Uh, oh, that had to be like early 80s? 89. 89? Yeah. Oh, thought it was that, earlier than that. But that's just, I mean, like, like I said, Shirley MacLaine, Olympia Dukakis, Sally Field, Julia Roberts, Dolly Parton, Daryl okay. Hannah, Tom Skerritt, Sam Shepard, Dylan McDermott. I mean, this is just one, like, it's truly an ensemble, you know, movie that just, again, pulls it funny, sad. It's just... Yeah, what a cast. Of, kind of a perfect movie. I, love, that's a, I haven't watched it in a while, but definitely haven't. I haven't either. I might have to, might yeah. have to find that and sit down and watch it with my daughter. Yeah, and then you can know all this stuff and you quit because your husband on it. <laughs> I don't know if he'll know anything from Steel Magnolias. <laughs> he, what, was it, what was his groom cake? Uh, Saints. Saints, yeah. His groom cake was Saints. Or was it Jesuit? Might have been, I think it was Saints. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I remember we had some kind of issue. His groom cake got messed up because it was Uh-oh. in a hot kitchen. And then uh, it all worked out it great. All worked out. It all worked out great. We're still married after 26 years. Did it say, <laughs> did it, was it just, uh, was it the floor of the lead and just like it say who dad on it? Or? <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it was. Boy, Maybe a helmet. I, I guess I don't have a very good memory. Oh, no, it's huh? okay. I mean, you're, you're the boss lady of Pat O'Brien's. you got a lot on your mind. I think it just I think it just had a Saints emblem on it. Yeah. It might have been Saints and the then basketball team, which was the Hornets. Oh, Hornets before it was Pelicans. No, was no, no, no. Oh, not, okay. No, Hornets was after we got married. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it's okay. was sports. It was, yeah, I'm not, you know what, I mean, I love football. I love baseball. Hockey would be my third, but yeah, but, but still I'm not like, I, I know my teams, but I don't know much else about it. I'm, I'm pretty bad when it comes to that stuff. Um, one other scene I, kind of, I, I think would be uh, fun to talk about is uh, since we this is a, a drink establishment, there's this movie, I don't know if you've ever seen, it's called Thank You for Smoking. Uh, but it's a good movie, but let's just play, it's just a classic scene with one of the greatest actors of all time, uh, Robert Duvall, uh, and uh, the lead of the movie, Aaron Eckhart, and this is just him briefly explaining uh, what goes into a mint julep. Yeah. You know the secret to a really good julep? No, sir. Well, you crush the mint down onto the ice with your thumb, and you grind it in. See, it releases the menthol. Mm. Mm. Now, you know who taught me that? No, sir, who? Fidel Castro. So that's just a, I mean, a quick, fun scene that I always, I, I always think. I mean, Duval doing his very southern genteel accent. Um, I mean, what does it does it sound like he's doing? Explaining something right when it comes. Oh to yeah, it? You, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, you you have to release the oils in the mint. Mm-hmm. But we put we do it. We put the mint in, and um, ice in, about a half a shot of simple syrup, two shots of bourbon, and muddle it. So mm-hmm. we don't do it with a finger. We do it with a with a muddling spoon. Yeah. Yeah, that's just... And then garnish with an orange. Uh, that's just a fun little... Sound. You know where I learned that? Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro. <laughs> Drinking with Fidel Castro. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Uh, I, I just... I thought that was kind of a, an appropriate, you know, this being obviously a drink esta- drinking establishment. That's kind of... Oh, yeah. And we sell a lot of mint juleps. Yeah? Well, yeah. What, what would you say next to the hurricane? What's, like, the next in, like, demand? Uh, the next one would be Bloody Marys. Bloody Mary, yeah, mm-hmm. for a little we brunch time or just all day. All or? day long. All Our day Bloody long. Mary mix is really good. Oh, I've never had. I might have to have a Bloody Mary here. 
Absolutely. That's, not my, I will definitely will have a Bloody Mary. Um, yep, we sell a lot of Bloody Marys, and we, we probably the next would be mint julep. Okay. We sell a lot. That's a, I love a good mint julep. I do too. Yeah. I do too. But the bartenders really need to preface this when somebody orders one, because a lot of people think that it's like a super sweet kind of, mm -hmm. you know, sipping kind of southern kind of ladylike drink, and then they taste it, and they're like, whoa, well, well, this is strong. really strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like one of those, like, even... Uh, Long Island iced tea just always has that uh, connotation to it. It's just like, oh, women order Long Island iced tea, so people just think it's going to be this like dainty thing, but it's just like, Long Island iced tea, you're oh. pouring everything and anything. Yeah, else, you got you know? two, two ounces of, of alcohol in there, Yeah, depending on how they make it, but yeah, yeah. strong stuff. Strong stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, last but not least, the uh, segment's called Gut Instinct, so these are just some questions that whatever comes to your mind first. Okay. All right. Favorite fast food? Oh. Uh, oh, fast food. Honestly, I don't really eat fast food okay. often. Um, okay, there's a, a barbecue place in Pensacola that I like to get. Yeah, <laughs> they go through right. drive-through. All right. <laughs> um, well, no, I have to say, okay, favorite fast food: mm -hmm. McDonald's French fries. Oh, that's famous <laughs> story in my household that my mom likes to remind my dad of, is that when she was pregnant, I believe with my sister, not me. Either way, she was pregnant with one of us, and she wanted McDonald's french fries. And my dad, he went and he got, on his way back, Burger King fries. Oh, no. No, 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 It's no, totally no, no, different. No. And we're just talking, even in general, <laughs> if she just requested that on any w which day, you know, like, I, I would think that she would still be like, but here's your Burger King fries. But, you know, just during being pregnancy and, have, and having, you know, like, uh, you know, just certain, you know, craving Yes, and that's what fries. you want. That's what, yeah, and because mm -hmm. those McDonald's, when they're fresh out of the basket. Ooh, and then you dip it in the Frosty. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. The sweet and savory, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. I mean, you, you guys are famous for a drink, but let's see what yours is. What's your go-to alcoholic beverage of choice? Typically white wine. White Chardonnay. Wine? Yeah, Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. Cook and drink with it, <laughs> you know. That's the way. That, that's how you unwind. Yeah, pour you, pour a little bit over the chicken or the shrimp, and then take a swig from the. Bottle. That's how I do it, <laughs> Kyle. You got it. Uh, favorite childhood snack. Childhood snack. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. you know what I used to love? Bunny bread rolled up into a a, a bit like a little roll, and mm -hmm. then dip it in syrup. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, that's 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 a classic one that I've heard, and then I hear sometimes even people then say. The syrup and then sprinkles on it. I never did the sprinkles. Never did, but that's like no. too much. That's overload, right? My mom must have never bought sprinkles. But, yeah, <laughs> like you know those little round bit. ones yeah. that are like almost like on the king, well, king cake is like the sugar, but oh, yeah. wow. that's a fancy way of serving it. The bunny bread with the with yeah, the, yeah I like it. Uh, sweet or savory? Uh, savory. Savory. Favorite food city? Sands, New Orleans. We're in a fantastic food city. So another city you've been to that you love food? Um. The Bahamas. Bahamas, yeah. Yep. Every we went we went there last summer actually, and we we've, we've eaten at a lot of really yummy places around the country. But mm -hmm. every restaurant we went to in the Bahamas was awesome. We stayed in the hotel complex, and there were a bunch of hotel restaurants, but it was just fantastic. Favorite cuisine? I guess Italian. Yeah. New Orleans Italian. New Orleans Italian. What's the yeah. what, what makes just New Orleans little, Italian? Just a little different. Yeah. Um, more bell peppers, mm -hmm. less sweet. Um, yeah, well, down here you guys have what you call it, the Holy Trinity, right? Of yes. the, it's like 
the peppers, onion, and celery. Like right. that's the that's that goes the key. in everything. Yeah. Everything. I love it. Holy Trinity. I love that. It's just mm-hmm. like food is can be I mean, you know, just such a in a way religious experience, you know, spiritual in a way. And so it is. Yeah, right? So I, I love that it's called the Holy Trinity. I, that's a I feel like I haven't seen a I love like collecting little pieces of like food artwork and stuff like that. That would be kinda like a fun I want like some kind of design maybe you could make one for it <laughs> of just like you know the holy trinity of just like i've seen that around here before you seen that around? i think oh, okay. the little gift shop on the corner okay. they have a lot of new orleans stuff and i'm pretty sure i've saw something about holy trinity okay i'll have to check that but out but yeah. it's true yeah we have i mean we have some old style italian restaurants mm-hmm. i can't say that i'm a full-fledged italian mm-hmm. but yeah as far as if i'm if i'm gonna eat carbs it's gonna be something italian yeah nice favorite condiment crystal hot sauce that's I always make sure to buy some down here. That's mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, last, what's the last thing you ate? Not enough because my my stomach's growling. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, this what's, is almost over. I it, promise. Uh, oh well, this is so boring. That's you know. I had I had a turkey sandwich from the deli down the street. Okay, but it was good. It, it was had good. some had some um, applewood bacon on top of it with dressed with um, you know lettuce tomato. Yeah. That's but not. I mean, that's, that's not just a turkey thing. sandwich. That's like a turkey club. That's good. I mean, that's. I mean, you know, coming down here again, just visiting. I'm obviously eating mostly. You know, the food. You know, like New Orleans food and Cajun Creole, and getting these staples that I don't get to have up north. But it's just like I like learning. I mean, that's you know, just like anywhere else. Like you're not going to be eating that stuff every day. You had a turkey. You had yourself a turkey well, sandwich. I had a turkey sandwich because, as you know, the, the national championship was this weekend, uh-huh. and we've been out and about all weekend eating all over the place so I was like I need something like totally just simple yeah totally simple yeah I, I appreciate that what would be your last meal uh, crawfish and it's crawfish, crawfish. yeah you have a favorite crawfish spot my house your oh okay my husband yeah. makes the best crawfish wow yeah. what's, what's his like recipe entail he gets seasoning already made from this um, this place on Magazine Street, mm-hmm. and he's been getting the same seasoning for like 20, 30 years. Oh, wow. And it just has the best mix of everything, and then he buys um, lemon oil uh-huh. and puts the lemon oil in with it, and it's just, it's perfect. It's just great. That's awesome. Yeah. Like potatoes and, and corn on the cob? Or oh, you put everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he, I love the Brussels sprouts in the... Oh, I've never had... Oh, oh Brussels that's... sprouts, mushrooms artichokes oh wow yeah okay learn that you got to cook the artichoke a little bit before you put it in the before boil. You put it into the boil. otherwise okay. it won't cook as much gotcha I mean people around here they'll put anything in crawfish boil how long is the boil um, he typically boils it for I think 20 minutes I'm usually having a beer somewhere while he's cooking <laughs> yeah but beer that bottle of Chardonnay <laughs> exactly <laughs> have two beers and then I hit the wine <laughs> okay all right um, so he lets it he boils it and then lets it sit and puts ice in it Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I got you. And then we're we're ready to eat. Awesome, yeah. I'm, I'm I, I might be coming down back down in a couple of weeks, and I unfortunately uh, didn't have enough time this one to go get some crawfish. Maybe I'll sneak it in today before I have to hit up the airport. Well, you might be able to sneak in a few, but they're not. This isn't crawfish season just yet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they have some in stores, but yeah, more February is when it really starts. Right? February, March. Yeah. yeah. And then you even have crawfish fest. You have a whole festival de- des- designated to it. So yep. it's, a, it's a special food. I love the seasonal food down here. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer to uh, dine in or dine out? Dine out. Dine out. What would be your spirit food? What food best embodies you, your personality, in your mind? Oh, 
Okay. Do you have one? Honestly, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like a genre of its own. Like, there's just so many things underneath it, but I would say, like, a sandwich. And if I had to go specific, it'd be, like, roast beef, cheddar, but then Russian dressing, some pickles. Like, I, like a little bit of, like, classic, but then, like, a little bit of something different to it. Because I think I'm just, I'm a pretty, I'm an average Joe kind of guy, and I, I think I get along with everybody. So as far as then when it comes to sandwiches, it's like sandwiches are for the people. I'm for the people. You're for the people. I'm for the people. That's what right. I'm starting my presidential candidacy <laughs> right now. Kyle, no, I'm not old enough yet. Uh, I think you have to be 35 or 36 or something like that to be run for president. So next. Uh, okay. I, get, I don't know. I, for some silly reason, what comes to mind are grilled scallops on top of spinach. There you go. I it's, don't it's know called, why. The segment's called Gut Instinct, so <laughs> you're going with it. I'm going with it. I like it. You know, Yeah, you got the greenery in there, but then you've got the, I like the classiness of the scallop and you can't, yeah. yeah. That might be because I was watching a food show last night, and they did a grilled scallop, and I'm kind of thinking, okay, I'm going to have to do some scallops sometime soon. I love scallops so I do much. too. That's just... A little hollandaise on top of it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to go simple, do this lemon butter. Yeah. They're good. Awesome. You're going to the movies. You having any kind of snack there? Um, I Normally, in my younger days, I'd always get popcorn, mm-hmm. but can't do all that salt now. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but yeah, popcorn bag. I mean, movie classic. Last but not least, uh, kind of a heavy question, but what's what's a great lesson, if not the greatest lesson you've learned in food? I mean, you are you know you you run a you run an establishment, but you I mean you've been around since you know, obviously your whole life here. But even it doesn't have to be Pat, Pat O'Brien's related. But yeah, great lesson well, you've learned. The thing about food is that it's it brings everybody together Mm -hmm. you can be sitting at a huge table with you know 20 people you can be sitting across from your husband or just one person it brings you together and you talk about it and we all love to talk about food so it's just whether it's sitting at a crawfish boil and just getting your hands dirty drinking beer wine or whatever or having a really elegant meal it's just it just brings everybody together everybody understands it yeah I mean, what what better thing to put you in a good mood than food? It do, it, it Eating do, some good food. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Good food, good company doesn't. You know, doesn't get any better than that. Absolutely. Well, I I can't thank you enough for uh, taking the time to come on to Foodie Films. Please, right now, uh, tell everyone where they can like find you guys on social media, all that good stuff. Uh, okay. Well, thank you for having me. Yep. Um, Social media, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, mm-hmm. we have Snapchat, um, it's patobryans.com is our website. And pretty much all of our contact information is there, operations VP, mm-hmm. my president, um, marketing person and all that kind of stuff. We've uh, skinny down the website quite a bit. It used to be a lot of pages and just thought, that's too much. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's simple, it's easy, easy to navigate. Yeah. Awesome. Well, again, Shelly, thank you so much. We have a little catchphrase to end every episode. Something my grandmother always said, it's uh, there's more to cut. I feel like it's just a line that, you know, she's talking about, like, she was specifically talking about the platter of food, you know, when it was getting sparse. It's just like, oh, don't worry, there's, you know, there's more to cut. There's more to cut, I love that. So uh, it's something that I like every guest to kind of repeat to the foodies out there. So if you don't mind saying it right now. Absolutely, there's more to cut. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy And I feel like I'm loving you Love you such a sweet thing, good enough to eat thing And it's just what I'm gonna do
sweeter. 